Welcome in to another new episode of the Codings Pro interview series. I'm your host, Ben DuBose, and I'm a staff writer with Codings Pro magazine. Codings Pro is currently in its 20th anniversary year, and in this special episode, we're continuing our anniversary mini-series, if you will, by spotlighting some of the key players in the history of both the magazine and the broader codings industry over those last two decades. The general idea is to highlight success stories and share lessons learned from the past 20 years, as well as look forward to the next 20. To do that today, I'm joined by Bob Chalker, CEO of the Association for Materials Protection and Performance, better known as AMP. Bob, good morning. How are you? Good. I'm good. How are you, Ben, this morning? Doing well. And I think a good place to start, uh, Bob, a lot of our audience may know you already, but give us your timetable as far as joining NACE International as CEO and, of course, the merger in 2021 between NACE and SSPC to form AMP. Uh, Bob, when did you come on board again? So I've been, I actually joined NACE in the summer of 2010. So I'm going okay. soon here, will be going on my 12th year of with the organization and it's been a wonderful ride a great trip uh and a great place to to work but it's amazing to me it's been 12 years already that time just seems to fly so. so one of the interesting things from a publications perspective when you came on in 2010 the acquisition by nace of codings pro was relatively new at that time just a year or two old what were your initial thoughts about how Codings Pro fit in? Because relative to the other NACE publications at the time, Materials Performance and Corrosion Journal, Codings Pro with the contractor base is pretty unique. And it's grown so much in the years since under your guidance. Now it's an official membership magazine of AMP. But just what did you see as far as you know your initial thoughts when you looked at how Codings Pro fit in and it's very unique in what the NACE portfolio was at the time and its market? Yeah, you know, that's that's a great question. It's actually an insightful question. Um, you know, when I came in and look, was looking at the organization, there were some dynamics happening uh, within NACE that um, I think Codings Pro turned out to be a really wise uh, acquisition for us. Um, we were seeing a just a huge growth of coatings inspection, training and certifications, and bringing us more and more into the coatings industry. And uh, just to be frank and be honest, um, there wasn't, beyond the education and certification, there was not a lot of benefits or other offerings for the coatings industry. Uh, we did have a conference that we attempted to do, but that, that was, less than successful and, and eventually um, we stopped doing it. That was a partner program um, and and just was not, uh, as I said, wasn't as successful as it could be. Uh, it, it was too, I honestly, it was too aligned to competing with the SSPC conference at the time. And that was such a well-established event. Um, so you had this magazine um, that had been sh acquired shortly before and an education program and and you need if you're going to be a professional association for um, an industry or for the professionals in that industry the workers you've got to have a, a suite of offerings so i really saw it, it was a great first building block um, and it really needed to be the foundation for doing a lot more to benefit um, our members from the coatings industry and i think we've done that with that with the brand in particular as we've as we built that out in, in other areas. So, you know, 
I wish we had a lot more, um, but we were in a dynamic period of change. I don't think anybody expected to see coatings inspection take off the way it did and continues to grow um, leaps and bounds, uh, you know, 12 years later. So it, it was a fundamental service um, to our members who, and customers who are involved in the coatings industry. One of the new things about Coatings Pro in the AMP world is that it's now a member magazine. What opportunities do you see for Coatings Pro from the merger and specifically the merger increasing Coatings Pro's reach? Yes, and, we, and we've already seen some of that. Uh, first of all, let me talk a minute about the, the merger and how that's affected us. Um, so bringing these two organizations together, we now have a very large member and customer base um, and a very diverse member and customer base. We, we represent the industry and that industry has people that have all kinds of different jobs and, and serve it, the industry in different ways from, uh, you know, contractors and applicators, <clears throat> blasters to um, business people, people who are, you know, maybe more geared to the marketing side or the sales side or uh, finance administration to uh, engineers and scientists and, and academics and people on the research side. So we have this government, frankly, um, we have this broad base of members that we need to serve. And, and if we're going to do that well, we have to have a very diverse uh, offerings of product, products, programs and services to meet their needs. And so in the publications, that's one of the areas where the acquisition of Coatings Pro, but also other moves that we've made, I think we've we've started to fill out that portfolio. I think there's more to do. And I know over the years we've experimented with, you know, special editions or or special publications or inserts or podcasts and other things that move us into some different spaces. <clears throat> and I think that really is where we need to continue to go with this, but recognizing with that diverse of a membership now, we have to have a diverse product offering. So it makes sense and it fits there. As to expanding its reach, I think it really has helped expand its reach. Um, one of the very early on in our discussions in the merger uh, with both the leadership from both NACE and SSBC, one of the benefits that was recognized was by coming together, we could be the voice of this industry. And by the voice we're talking about to the industry itself and the people in the industry, but also outside the industry, to governments, to the media, to business and decision makers who are making decisions every day about how they're gonna maintain their assets, how they're gonna design and build assets. And, and we now had a unique opportunity to be a single voice. And I really think Codings Pro fits that perfectly well. Um, my hope is that the, the magazine as it continues to have its impact and, and in its multiple forms. It's not just the print form. It's really the brand of Codings Pro multiple ways. We will be able to use that to help communicate, obviously internal to the industry. That's a big part of what we do, but also externally to the um, those people who need to know about asset protection, asset design, maintenance, and how they can protect those uh, assets that they own and make good decisions. So I see it as a two sort of a two way street. Yes, we're talking to ourselves, technical uh, articles and you know stories about great successes and frankly, failures or mistakes that are made. Those are always to learn, but also helping people understand 
why it's necessary to um, do the work that we do. With regards to the merger, we're in an interesting spot right now in that we're recording this in January. Codings Plus just wrapped up in late December in Phoenix, and we're getting ready for the first AMP annual conference in San Antonio in March. I guess, Bob, a good place to start. What were your thoughts on Codings Plus? I know there was some apprehension from some people there about you know, the legacy SSPC crowd and this integration process to AMP. How do you think that event went and what was some of the feedback that you got when you were on the scene in Phoenix? Yeah, happy to, to, happy to answer that. Um, first of all, I think it went extremely well. Um, you know, the other, the other thing we had to deal with was the impact of COVID and how that sure. was going to um, impact us. Uh, and, and that did impact us. It reduced attendance, right? So people were concerned about being in a large group at that time. That said, on site, the energy level was incredibly high. Um, I think people had a great experience. The feedback that I got was, you know, it was a smaller event, but the people that are here were the right people. I had the opportunity to engage and network with those folks I wanted to see. Um, it was an atmosphere of celebration. Uh, it was an atmosphere of um, of hope and that the future is bright. One of the things I did is I talked to a lot of companies um, or representatives of companies about what they're seeing over the next couple of years. Are they optimistic? Are they pessimistic about the industry? Almost across the board, people are optimistic of of the next several years for our industry, and and that's always a positive um, adds to a positive vibe. Uh, there was a tremendous amount of work that I think ended up getting done to help mold this to one organization. Some of that work was formal in the sense of committee meetings and um, other activities that, you know, to make decisions and to do planning and to put processes in place or to decide how we're going to complete this integration. But the other kind of things that were happening that I think equally important were the bonding uh, the work of bonding of of people getting to know each other who didn't have the opportunity to meet before this this gets back to another one of the benefits that we saw early on by being one organization um, instead of people being in their two isolated worlds i'm a nace member or an sspc member they're able to come together and interact across these boundaries and so you had asset owners able to talk to contractors and vice versa you had um, as I said, business people who were able to integrate with the applicators, so they became more knowledgeable about their decision making. There was a tremendous amount of network and positivity of relationship building. Um, also, I think, you know, just getting rid of some of the myths about the past, the legacy organizations and seeing um, the positives that both really have brought to the table. You know, I say all that, though, I do have to put this in some context. That's my opinion. Mine doesn't matter as much as those people who were in attendance and the people who are listening to this call or this podcast, um, what they what they thought if they were there. I, I think it was positive, but I'm, I recognize I'm sure there was some things that probably didn't go as well as they could have. And I, I expect there was some um, sadness because we are going to see a dramatic change in how we move forward. Yeah, and the reason we're talking about it here, uh, of course, this is a Codings Pro anniversary podcast, but we're talking about the industry over the past 20 years and the next 20 years, and this is definitely a paradigm shift for a lot of people in the Codings industry. And 
for the contractors that have had concerns over the past year plus that this has been in the works so now that we're in 2022 this is fully launched amp is amp and we go forward in march with the first annual conference and you know it's not really a transition anymore amp is what it is at this point but i'm sure you've heard the last two years as this process has been getting closer to the conclusion a certain degree of people especially within the contractor community that are hesitant to fully buy in because they're not sure if they'll be represented to the extent that they were before how do you convince them when those people relay their concerns to you how do you convince them that this is in their best interest and that amp is going to properly represent uh the contractor community great <laughs> another great question um and thanks for not pulling any punches but uh, <laughs> so you know it's um I can't convince anybody of anything. Only the experience that they have can convince them. What I, what I can ask them to do is to have an open mind. Now, there's, there's some things I can share. Um, I think, first of all, it's really, really important to recognize what I said a few minutes ago about um, the legacy NACE organization having a significant codings activity and influence. Um, there's some data that I saw it's it's a couple years old, but it would still be accurate at the time of the merger. We're as much as 70% of our membership worked uh, in the coatings industry. Um, we had education, we have events and conferences that were geared around coatings. We have coding standards. We have obviously with Coatings Pro and other publications. Coatings was a big part of both organizations. Obviously, 100% of coatings of, of SSPC, but it was a big part of NACE as well. And so um, nobody's going to be turning their back on the coatings industry. When, when we get to the AMP conference and exhibit um, ACE in March, you're going to see a huge coatings um, representation. In fact, one of the things I'm a little bit more concerned about is making sure that we are serving those people who are members and attendees who are not in the coatings industry, but work in other parts of, of our industry and making sure they feel represented. Um, that That's a risk as well, right? So we, we have a balance to play. We have a very diverse membership group and, and we need to make sure we're serving them all as, as well as possible. I, I think the other thing that I would ask is and I said this um, during one of the town halls, you know, we one of the things we did at Codings Plus and is we did a lot of listening um, and also a lot of communicating. But we did town halls where I sat and met with members, allowed them to ask their questions, air their grievances, did my best to answer them, took a lot of notes and input. But we also had a, a lot of other, um, I'll call them listening post sessions, sessions where we brought members in and attendees and allowed with them to share with us what it is they want from AMP going forward in the future. What are they excited about? What are they concerned about? What don't they like so far? What don't they, what aren't they happy with? So that we can make the adjustments that we need to make. We really do wanna hear from the members and that's how we're gonna get better. And I think we demonstrated that at Codings Plus, we'll be doing it again at the, uh, at the AMP conference and we'll, not just through conferences. I've started to travel, um, visiting members at, in their areas and locales and small groups. Uh, we've got other member leaders who are doing that. 
this is the members organization and my challenge would be if you've got a concern let us know you can send me an email my email address is public it's robert.chalker at amp.org and let us know we we want to hear we want to hear the good and and the difficult things or the, the i call it constructive criticism mm -hmm. um but this is the members organization and they can make it what they want it to be and but we're not going to get better if we're not communicating um and so rather than air grievance with coworkers or you know other members let us know what you're thinking and and we'll do our best to do something with it so let's shift gears from talking about just the merger to talking about what's going on in the field as well because i know a lot of what happened at codings plus and a lot of what will happen at the AMP annual conference in March is going to be based on shared experiences from what's going on at the job sites for a lot of these contractors and a lot of people in the coatings industry. What type of feedback have you gotten or perhaps heard from them at some of these sessions about what's going on out in the field as far as any industry trends, new technologies, things that they need? As we head into 2022, what is sort of the pain points for them and what are some of the solutions that they're looking for in the years ahead? Um, so I think one of the pain points we're all dealing with is this ongoing COVID crisis and yeah. the impact that it's having um, on our workforces, on our companies, our businesses, our customers, the uncertainty and the unknowing of, you know, frankly, am I going to be able to work on the project that day? Am I going to have enough workers? Um, is the as the facility that I'm working at going to be open um, or will be shut down because of COVID. Uh, you know, that's one. The, the other one is the supply chain issue. I, what was one of the things I heard over and over at Codings Plus, as challenging as COVID is, most people could see a way through addressing that. It, it somewhat was within our control, right? If, if I need more employees or I need to change a, a pattern of work or um, I got to reassign because a job site's not open. I can control that. But the supply chain issue, not being able to get the materials that they need to do their work and not being able to do anything about it, that seemed to have a higher level of frustration. Um, equally, both are equally impact, negatively impacting us, but the frustration level seemed to be with the supply chain issue. And that was through out. It didn't matter if you were talking to a contractor or you were talking to a paint manufacturer, um, an asset owner. That, that issue ran throughout the industry. Um, I, I think, you know, so those those are those immediate things that are facing us today. But there are some things that I think are longer term. Some are positive and some are going to change the way we work. Uh, obviously, our in the US, our country is going to be making a major investment in infrastructure over the next several years and and that should have a very positive impact to our industry i think that's where some of the optimism is coming from that i mentioned earlier uh, mm -hmm. that we are going to see uh, money being spent on maintenance and uh, and new assets and taking care and uh, updating those that, that we already have and so the big infrastructure investment is going to be a positive um, I think the other impact is going to be as we see technology change. Uh, one of the things that I have been challenging people in our industry um, that I know personally is you really need to be looking at the work you're doing and understanding how technology is going to affect you 
and then making adjustments or getting training or staying up with your skill sets so that your work and what you do will be relevant in the future. Uh, technology like drones and artificial intelligence and you know robots and all of these things that are coming at us um, are going to really significantly change the work that's done in our industry and how it's done. There's some real positives to that. Um, you know, safety is going to become better. We'll be more effective and more efficient. But it's also a threat to our members if they're not staying up with their skill sets because jobs are going to change. Every, every With every industrial revolution, and they are considering what's happening here in industrial revolution, with each of those, there is a major um, change in the work. New jobs are created and older jobs go away. Uh, the, the proverbial uh, you know, buggy whip manufacturer. If you're a buggy whip manufacturer, you're not going to have much work in the future. And so I think one of the things that all of our members need to be paying really close attention to is how is technology going to change how they work and what skill sets do they need to be able to move forward? Um, one of the best books I've ever read is The, the World is Flat. And it's, it's dated now. It's, I don't know, 15 years old. But the message is still in fact more timely today than it was even at that point. And the, the book is about with real examples of how technology is changing our economy and how we work and the role that each of us have or the responsibility that each of us have to, to stay current and, and to stay, um, frankly, employed <laughs> and meaningful yeah. in what we do. Uh, and that we're not exempt from that. Our, our members are going to have to deal with it. So you've got these short-term immediate crisis activities that are impacting us, but we can't let that take our eye off of the longer-term positives and, and changes that are coming yeah. to industry. And as we wind down, I want to discuss those areas that you just listed and sort of outline how Codings Pro can potentially support those in the future or support the resolution. Like for example, when you mentioned the supply chain challenges, I think that Codings Pro potentially has a role because of how it can connect these contractors with various vendors. We have a source book that goes out every summer, for example, in which really people in the industry can get a much more thorough understanding and sort of um, Rolodex, if you will, of what their options are that might help them to overcome some of these challenges in procuring uh, materials, equipment, labor, whatever it may be. So with that sort of as an example, what do you see in the next 10 to 20 years that Codings Pro can do to potentially support the industry and solve some of those challenges that you were just discussing? Um, so I think the role of Codings Pro, and frankly, I think the role of the organization at a greater level it's about communication, right? It's about um, the transfer of knowledge and expertise uh, so that our members and customers can stay on top of things, up to date, know what's coming, be, have plans in place, gain learnings from their peers and others on how they do it. And, and when I, again, when I talk about Codings Pro, it is the paper magazine, uh, the online website, but it's Codings Pro in all of its formats, it's podcasts and webinars. And you know we're already doing some of that. I believe you hosted a, uh, a podcast with a gentleman who had an expertise in supply chain management and mm -hmm. helping our members understand what's what's going on behind all of this supply chain issue. We hear about the supply chain issue, but 
you know, what we hear on the surface in the 30 second sound bites on TV isn't an, or you know, reading it on the website isn't enough information to really put a plan in place on how to deal with it. But Codings Pro can play a role by providing that deeper, more, um, more knowledgeable expertise and helping our members tap into that wherever it's at. Uh, you know, I go back when the um, COVID hit, first hit, and the whole payroll protection plan uh, rolled out. Um, we did a webinar or a podcast, I believe, might have been a webinar, not sure which technology, on that. And we brought in a uh, an accountant, a financial person, and a lawyer as experts to talk about how do our members and the companies they work for tap into this resource. I will tell you, Ben, I got huge positive response from that. I actually had members, contractors actually, uh, two of them are coding contractors, tell me if they had not listened to that web, that podcast <laughs> webinar, they wouldn't have known what to do. And because they listened to it, their company was in a better place financially. They were able to get one of those loans and, and ultimately forgiven. That's our role, I think. Our role, whether it's technical, it's business, it's professional skills. Um, you know, one of the one of the uh, podcasts you guys did recently that I think had really good reviews was talking about how to develop people's professional skills and um, you know some executive coaching behind the scenes, things like that. Doesn't matter what the topic is. We have a role to connect people and and connect their knowledge and expertise and to help transfer that knowledge and expertise to those people who need it. And I think that's gonna be really important in the next to 20 year, 10 to 20 years. You don't have to go very far to hear about the great resignation. Um, I think it is a resignation, but I actually think it's a great retirement as well. Baby boomers are leaving, and, and frankly, Generation X are leaving the workforce in droves. And there are a lot of new people that are gonna be coming into our workforce, and they're going to need this training, this knowledge, we have a role to play to take that expertise of those people who've done this work for 20, 30, 40 years and help put it in the hands of the people coming into the industry in the future. So you have that transfer of knowledge. You have the transfer of knowledge of technology and how technology is going to change and impact us. And I think a little bit of a challenge, I think some of that learning needs to be out looking at what other industries are doing. What's happening in the aerospace industry? What's happening in the automotive industry? What's happening in the construction industry? Um, outside of coatings, what you know, the other parts of the construction industry. Uh, what's happening? What's going on in the research world? Because let's be honest, our industry tends to be on the slower end of the adoption curve of new technology. There's stuff that's being done today in the auto industry or the aerospace industry that we won't see for 10 years. But we can get a glimpse at it by looking at what they're doing. So that transfer of technology, our role is, and, and clearly for Codings Pro, is to be that source of information for our, our members, our readers. I think that's a good place to leave things, some great insight. And Bob, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Uh, I know you mentioned it earlier, but for anyone that wants to get in touch with you for any reason related to the merger or just their thoughts on the industry, uh, what's your email address again? It's it's robert.chocker at 
amp.org. Sounds good. And I'll mention also, of course, amp.org is the website. You can get all sorts of information for anyone listening that wants to know more about what the association does, standards, education, the upcoming conference that we talked about, obviously the publications such as CodingsPro. You can find that at amp.org. And of course, with CodingsPro, if you want to go directly to us, the magazine or the website of the magazine, excuse me, is codingspromag.com. And we've got all sorts of news related to protective coatings there. And of course, you can find all of our podcasts like this one and the archives from this anniversary series and everything else that we've been doing since we launched these regular podcasts a couple of years ago. Anyway, for Bob Chalker, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks as always for listening and please come back soon for another new podcast from the Codings Pro interview series.